illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down and eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right half. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me from the Goonies house in scenic Astoria, Oregon, more commonly known as the Goondocks, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beej. How you doing, Beej? I'm holding in there, Billy. How's the weather out there in Clatsop County? You know, it's it's a little windy, it's a little, but it's it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. So, so out there in the goondocks. I am. I am. Right on. So I'm eating baby Ruths and everything. Baby Ruth. <laughs> right on. The Fratellis. The Fratellis. <sighs> All right. And there well, was this one time when I was. <laughs> Well, the purpose of illegal participation is us for is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around along the way. Today, Beach, on show number fifty. That's right, show number fifty. Can you believe that? I I I I I don't even have words to express. <laughs> The shock and disbelief that we've been doing this 50 times and nobody has forced us off the air yet. Well, actually, we've done it like 53 or 54 times. That's right. We had that one episode. We've yeah. had, we, had, <laughs> we had to do it two or three times where we've had oh. episodes that didn't record properly or didn't yes. record at all. Now, does, does the 50 count the lost episode? Yes. Okay. The, the infamous lost the episode. The lost episode. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So today, Beach, we got a little listener feedback. We're going to have some Beaver Sports news. I okay. think you have an update from Eugene for us. I do have an update from Eugene. It's a big one this week. Oh, that's what she said. Um, we're going to go under further review for week six in the Pac-12. We have several Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week awards to hand out this week. We're going to preview the week seven games in the Pac-12, which there isn't a lot of. And then I think we were going to have a Beaches Cheaters and Horrors section. 
The, the Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Whores. The Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Whores. Yes, segment. it's it's an interesting one. I'm bringing back the Cold War. Right on. Ooh, nice. Yeah. All right, Beach. So I just want to remind everybody. Want to remind everybody to get in touch with us. There's several ways. First, you can leave us a voicemail at 541-207-3586. Email us HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. Also follow us on tw- or follow me on Twitter. I'm at Heinrich Tailgater. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook. Just search for Heinrich Tailgater. Um, and you can also check out the website, which I haven't updated in weeks, so I wouldn't go there. I just don't have time. <laughs> That's what she said. All right, Beach. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start with a little bit of listener feedback this week. All right. So listener Doug, who is at dtindle one on Twitter, he tweeted me. Don't uh, say it. I know you're thinking of some smart-ass comment, but don't say it. Right. So uh, he and his wife went back to uh, Boulder last weekend for the Beave game. That's awesome. And he tweeted me while he was there, and he said that at the sink, your back would be sore from bending over. And he sent me a picture. So the sink was one of the bars that we talked about in Boulder, mm-hmm. and it's really short. He showed me a picture, like over the pool table. Uh-huh. Not a very tall ceiling. So I, I texted him, well, how tall do you think it is? And he texted, or he tweeted back, I'd say 6'2 or so under the water pipes. This is a diners, drive-ins, and dives place, too. And then he continued that with, and according to a mural on the wall, Robert Redford was a janitor here when he was in high school. Well, that's so, kind of cool. Kind of cool. So I isn't, isn't uh, when they do, um, oh, what's it, when Sundance, isn't that in Colorado? Uh, I don't know where the Sundance Film Festival is, but he's always there. He's always there. So he must have, he might have worked there when he was in school. Maybe he did. I don't know. But anyways, so that was cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Robert. Well, I shouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but I loved him in The Natural. It's one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. So you know who that was written by? Who? Uh, a man named Robert Malamud. Guess where he was when he wrote that? I, I have no idea, and I'm just shocked that you know this information. He was a professor at Oregon State University. Really? When he wrote The Natural, yes. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said Robert. It It was actually Bernard. Bernard. Yeah, I think I said Robert, and it's Bernard Malamud. Really? Spoke. Yeah. One of the. I mean, I think it's just a fantastic movie. Movie. The book's different than the movie. Quite a bit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But I bet you it doesn't have such an awesome score. And it doesn't have such an awesome ending. Really? He misses. You're crapping me. Nope. Not a Hollywood ending, huh? No. Anyways, so it's like sorry, the Beach. Little Mermaid dies at the end of Han Christian Andersen's book. Yeah. It's like watching Friday Night Lights and they lose, you know, in the in the quarterfinals. Yeah. I guess they lose in the movie too, but still. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. all right. Anyways, sorry to ruin your. Th- it's still a great movie. Yeah. Anyways, all right, Beach. Let's move on. Uh, okay. are you ready to talk a little Beaver and Pac-12 news? Um. Uh, yeah, let's do this. Okay, Beach. First up is women's volleyball. I love women's volleyball, Billy. It's my favorite sport. We still need to go to a game. Okay, well. Um, I keep waiting for the invitation. You know you can just text me that. Okay. Well, Beach, come on down. Let's they, go watch well, some girls' here, volleyball. Let's, let's talk about this, Beach. So the Oregon State volleyball team swept the California Golden Bears at Haas Pavilion Friday night. Nice. Yeah. But then uh, they turned around and they battled number one Stanford in Palo Alto and lost in three sets. But they did take them down. It wasn't like they got destroyed in all three sets. They they played them tight. 
Okay. So the Beavs are now 12 and 3 overall, 2 and 2 in the Pac 12, and they take on the Washington Huskies on Friday and the Cougars on Saturday in Corvallis, and both matches will be on the Pac 12 network. Hmm. So maybe if you want to come down this weekend, um, think about it. Anyways, yeah. yeah moving yeah. on, moving okay. on, Beach, women's All soccer. Right. Oh, I, Billy, I love women's soccer. That's like my favorite sport. Right on. Well, the women's soccer team fell 2 to nothing to Arizona last Friday afternoon. They're not really doing that well this year. Is no. That correct? Yeah. <laughs> and then on Sunday, they held the Arizona State team, who's ranked number 18 in the nation. They held them off the scoreboard for 74 minutes, but let a goal pass in the 75th minute and fell to the Sun Devils 1 to nothing. You know, I think so. I was, I was, uh, I read this plan on how you win a game mm-hmm. when you're not very good. It's called possum. What happens is when the other team shows up, you all fall over and act like you're dead, and then they leave, and then you win by forfeit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that might be their only option at this yeah. point is possum. Well, the the beeves are now o nine and three, o three and o in the Pac-12, and they take on Colorado at home on Friday afternoon and Utah on Sunday. Is Colorado in women's soccer like the bitch of the Pac-12 like they are in football? I have no clue. Well, I don't know if I'd call Colorado the bitch of the Pac-12. No, no, they're getting better. Yeah. But anyways. They, they, had, they had a tough road to hold. They had a couple years to catch up. Yeah. So, anyways. All right. All right, Beach, moving on to men's soccer. All right, not a fan. Uh, the Oregon State men's soccer team created a number of scoring chances, but an 89th-minute goal provided to be the deciding factor as the Beavers fell one to nothing to number 18 on Stanford on last Friday. Am I the only person that really has an issue when you start talking that you're playing for 89 minutes? Well, actually, they play for 90. Really? Yeah. Two 45-minute halves. Well, shouldn't it be a 45 and a 45? That's what they do. God, they're weird. It is a 45 and a 45. But and, and, when do they tack, and when do they tack on negative time? I don't believe they do that in college. That's just in the... Uh, Stupid World Cup and pros. Okay. Uh, maybe they do, but I, I don't believe they do. Okay. But yeah. But because evidently they can't reset the clock, nor can they stop the clock. Yeah. I just find that annoying. That's stupid. So they fell one nothing to number 18 Stanford. Now uh, senior Kerry Shelton and freshman Timmy Muller each scored a three-goal hat trick on Sunday to power the Oregon State men's soccer team to a 6-2 victory over 13th-ranked Cal. At home. What is a hat trick? Three goals. Did we just... Okay. Three goals. It's just a three goals a hat trick. It's a hat trick, yeah. I've always heard it uh, applied to hockey. Okay. Um, but they apply it to soccer sometimes too. They can't just call it three goals. They have to call it a three goal hat trick. Well, they just usually call it a hat trick. A hat trick is oh. usually three goals. Okay. Now uh, the Beavs, so they beat number 13 Cal. Pretty pretty handily too. So the Beavs are now 8-3-0. One and one in the Pac-12, and they come in at number 18 in the top drawer soccer rankings this week, which was just announced by the website on Monday. So now the rankings come along with some individual honors. We, we should create our own website, and we should call it the second drawer. There you go. And create our own rankings. So now, yeah, but you don't like soccer, so why would you do that? I wouldn't. The rankings well, come they're... along with some individual honors, Beach, as senior Kerry Shelton made the college soccer news team of the week. The Beavs take on Washington at home this Sunday. All right? All right. Since you don't like soccer, I'll take that as you're done. I'm pretty much done. So a couple notes, Beach, for football. Um, the uh, Oregon State University Athletic Department released some notes about the game day parking for the Utah game next Thursday. 
Okay. So I'm not going to go through them all because it's pretty lengthy. And if anyone's driving down next week for the game, just go to osubeavers.com, go to the football section, go to news, and there'll be something that was posted just the other day about game day parking. That being said, most of the lots are open for tailgating at 3 p.m., some by 1 o'clock, but almost all the lots have to be vacated by, you know, day guests, so people that are parked there during the day, by 1. Okay. So. So what time am I, are we going down? As early as you want to be down here. Uh, so 1? Noon? I mean, I can, I'll probably leave work maybe around 11.30. Okay. So. We're going to go, okay. we're going to probably go uh, light with our uh, setup. Okay, no but TV. we're doing Philly cheesesteaks, right? Philly cheesesteaks, yeah, but no TV. I don't think we need a TV out there. No, no. Since there's no radio would be nice, though. We can have radio. the radio going, um, okay. but no TV, and we'll just set it up and go. Philly cheesesteaks is enough entertainment. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Love Philly cheesesteak day. Right on. Uh, hey, Beach, is that Billy. a teletype right here behind you? Dude, Billy, it so is. You know, I freaking have to lug this sucker around everywhere I go. It is such a pain in my ass. All right, hold on, hold on. Here it comes, here it comes. Billy. Yeah? Yeah, Beach. This just in. I-5 northbound closed last Thursday night. Did you hear about this? No. Interstate 5 was closed for about two hours Thursday night on October 2nd, shortly after the end of the University of Oregon football game. Excessive road debris near milepost 197, just north of Eugene, forced ODOT to close northbound traffic for about two hours. They had to bring out three snowplow trucks and ten support vehicles to clear the debris from the roadway. What the heck was it? Oregon State Police on the scene said they, were, they could not determine exactly where the debris came from. Uh, hold on here. I lost my space. Um, they could only assume from all of the green and yellow Nike product that a tractor trailer bound for Beaverton must have lost its load. I actually heard about this story when it happened, and I dispatched Heinrich Tailgater's own Beaver Force One and asked Captain Rex to give an update. Here's a recording of what he reported. You ready? Yeah. Let me push play. So, Captain Rex, what do you see? Oh my hell, Beach! It's the sea of green and yellow down there. I have never seen anything like it. The cars are up to their rooftops, stuck in a sea of what looks like green and yellow pom poms. What are you? What are the people doing up there, down there, Captain Rex? There are men ripping off their shirts and stomping on their hats. Women and children are crying and weeping. They are taking razor blades to the back of their windows and cutting off the big zeros many of them have. I have seen highway closures in my day, but I've never witnessed one that has just destroyed the will of so many people. That was unbelievable. Well, Bill, there you have it. What do you think? Well, Billy, you're going to come back. I don't know if a lot of people knew that we had our own uh, owner helicopter. Oh, Beach. Oh, I didn't know. 
I didn't know you he dispatched our helicopter out there. I did. Oh, thank God Captain Rex is on call 24 hours a day so he can send him out as needed. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Bees, that was a great update from Eugene. Yeah. You know, always interesting news out of Eugene. <sighs> <laughs> I wonder what caused the problem Thursday night. Do you know? Or maybe we'll see that here shortly. Uh, maybe we'll talk. Well, Beach, you know what? what? Now it's time to go under further under further review <laughs> for week six in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. And Touchdown! Oh, okay, put the bottle of scotch down, Billy, and let's get on with it. Uh, all right, Beach. So, uh, first up. There was a game last Thursday, October 2nd. <laughs> really? Yeah. Arizona at Oregon. Was that down in Eugene? That that was down in Eugene, Beach. Well, that might have been something to do with the update then, couldn't it have could been? Could be. So, wow. Beach, heading into this week, we'll have a little update here. Heading into this week, I was in the lead with 31 out of 42. Okay. Kyle was in second place with 30 out of 42. And you were in third place with 28 out of 42. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. So, uh, oh, okay. So, the Arizona at Oregon. Now, do you remember who you picked in that game? You know, my friend Catherine helped me with this one. So, because she gets annoyed when I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I do recall who I picked. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I was the only one that picked or uh, Arizona. That is correct. Um, true freshman Nick Wilson ran for two touchdowns and caught a scoring pass from quarterback Anu Solomon to help the Arizona Wildcats beat the Ducks 31-24. to That was a great game. It was a good game. Um, Oregon offensive coordinator Scott Frost told reporters after the game that Mario Ta was not 100% after he was sacked seven times in the Ducks' 38-31 to victory at Washington State. Didn't we say we didn't think Mario Ta was this is something I've been, for the last two or three weeks? This is something I've been saying since the Michigan State game. Mm-hmm. They don't call very many designed runs for him. Part of it I, I, is I don't think they want to get him hurt. Mm-hmm. But he, to me, he doesn't run like he did last year before he got injured. I would agree. I just don't see it. And maybe it's because that offensive line is so beat up. But uh, They yeah. got to him seven times? In the Washington State game. He got sacked a number of times against Arizona. Okay. Yeah. So, Beej, you picked that one up. Good I job. I did. You know, I always feel Arizona's just got Oregon's number for some reason. Mm-hmm. So, Beej, that's good because uh, just be glad you picked that one up. <laughs> because I got screwed on the rest of them, huh? Uh, you did better than me. So, okay. all right, Beej. All the rest of the games were on Saturday, October 4th. So, first up, Stanford at Notre Dame. Do you remember who you picked? I do. Um, it looks like I picked Stanford on that one. And so did I. And our good friend Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Kyle took the Golden Domers at Notre Dame. St- Notre Dame quarterback Everett Goldson hit tight end Ben Koyak on a 4th and 11 play from the 23 in the back of the end zone with 61 seconds left to lift the Irish to a 17-14 to win over the Cardinal. Wow, that must have been a hell of a defensive battle. It is. It was. It was. Well, Stanford does not have much offense. They have mm-hmm. not scored many points this year. That being said, I think 17 points is the most they've given up all season. And they've had two shutouts. So that defense is a beast. 
but they've just got no offense to go along with it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it was um, fourth and 11, and they got it. Mm-hmm. From the 23. And uh, the play kind of broke down, and he started scrambling, and Golson did, and he threw back, and the, the tight end was wide open in the corner of the end zone all by himself. And I'm guessing they needed uh, the touchdown to uh, go ahead because a field goal wouldn't get him there. They were down 10 to 14, yeah. Wow. So, And it was looking like it was going to be over because he was kind of scrambling. But Wow. So, Beach, you know, those are the toughest ones. When you see the guy scrambling, your defense is doing a great job, and then the ball just floats in. Mm-hmm. Okay. True. Anyway, right, well, disappointing. I like to see the Pac-12 win. Yep. So Kyle picked up that one. Which is good, because none of us did really well this week. <laughs> okay, okay next, so next, next up, up was up. Arizona State at USC. Do you know who you took, Beach? Um, I think I was smoking the crack, but evidently I took USC. Actually, all three of us took USC. Did you watch this game at all? Um, you know, I saw it was a, it was a nail-biter at the end, too, wasn't it? Yes. Um, Arizona State quarterback, backup quarterback, Mike Ber- Berkovici, hit Jalen Strong on a 46-yard Hail Mary as time expired to shock USC with a 38-34 win on Saturday in the Coliseum. So they got the same crap done to them that they did to us at the second half, well, the first except, half of our except game. Well, except USC ran the clock down to a second and ran that play. Mm-hmm. Arizona State did it. And, and so they won by four. They only needed a field goal. So there was like seven seconds left. So you thought they might run a play. But- you thought they might run a short play to try and get in field goal range because they had the ball in the 46, right? Mm-hmm. If they would have picked up about 15 yards, it probably would have been a makeable field goal. But it would have been hard to pick up 15 yards within seven seconds and get out of bounds. Yeah. So he went back, scrambled a little bit, threw it down there, and the ball was coming about two yards short of the end zone. And there's like three USC guys standing there just waiting to catch it. Uh-huh. And Jalen Strong comes running for the side, jumps up, grabs the ball, and runs in the end zone. Wow. It was almost exactly how it happened against the Beavs. And that just tells you right there, when the ball is coming in, you've got to grab the ball at its highest point. Yeah. Get it as high as you can. Don't wait and for get it. And get in front. To... And get in front of the play. Well, the thing is, they were pretty much, I mean, they were right where the ball was coming down. He just ran in front of them, jumped up, and grabbed the ball out of the air. And they didn't even have a chance to pull him down well, they the two-yard oh, line. No, they just watched him. Wow. He caught the ball, grabbed it, and ran in the end zone. Wow. That was brutal. I loved it, though. No, yeah. So uh, we all... Fight on, Billy. Fight on. We all lost that one. Okay, so next up, Beach... I wonder what the band played after that. Next up, yeah. So next up, Beach, Utah at UCLA. Did you watch that game at all? Um, You know, that was also down to the wire, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And I picked UCLA on that one. And actually, all three of us picked UCLA. Utah kicker Andy Phillips kicked a 29-yard field goal with 34 seconds left. And then UCLA's Kami Fairbairn missed two field goal attempts with no time on the clock as the Utes stunned the number eight Bruins 30-28 to in the Rose Bowl. Wow. So UCLA tried a field goal as time was expiring, and he missed it. But there was a running into the kicker penalty. They moved the ball five yards up, and he missed it again. Wow. With no time left on the clock. And 29 yards is not that... Well, he, for, for, Utah, for college. Utah kicked a 29-yard field. Oh, okay, okay. Theirs were a little bit longer than that. Or is it okay? Yeah. Yep. Well, it just means that the South and North are still in play. 
It means the whole thing's a mess. Yeah. So none of us got a point on that one. Next up, Beach was Cal at Washington State. Cal at Washington State. Correct. Um, you remember who took? I picked – this is like the battle of the bottom, and I think I picked Washington State. Ah, it, you would think it was the battle of the bottom, Beach, but the winner of this game was going to be leading the Pac-12 North. How is that? Because whoever wins this game has two wins and one loss. Nobody else has two wins. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, you and I picked Wazoo. Kyle picked Cal. Cal quarterback Jared Goff threw for 527 yards and five touchdowns as California held on to beat Washington State 60-59 to on Saturday. In a game in which Washington State quarterback Connor Halliday broke the NCAA passing record in a game with 743 yards. Wow. Yeah. Now, Washington State kicker Quinton Bershears attempted a 19-yard field goal with 19 seconds remaining and was wide right for serving the win for Cal. So 19-yard field goal. Basically an extra point. Was it in the middle or was no, it? No, they did not center the center the kick. You got to center the kick. Didn't center the when kick. When you're that close, you got to center the kick. And did they do it on a fourth down or did they do it on a third down? They kicked on fourth down, but they didn't center it on third down. They didn't try to get over and center it. <clears throat> and he was wide right by about a foot. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it looked like Washington State was going to win that game. Now, That's just, I, I heard what's-his-face was stunned, the coach. Oh, yeah, he was. It was kind of just What like I don't that. understand is, so you're Washington State. Your quarterback threw for 743 yards, broke a record. And not just a school record, not a conference record, but a national record. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. You scored 59 points. And you lost. Now, just today, Beach, it came out that... Billy, Billy, but we're also forgetting one basic premise of the whole thing. That we hate Leech? Well, not only do we hate Leech. It's Coogan it. But they Cooged it. Yeah. I mean, if it's going to be close, who's going to lose? Yeah, the Cougs. Yeah. yeah. Clinching defeat from the jaws of victory. Every time. So today just happened that Mike Leach fired his special teams coordinator. Well, so they fumbled a punt return in the first game of the year against Rutgers that ended up setting the game-winning score for Rutgers. So what he's doing is he's he's they uh, had a punt re- he's blaming his special teams for his ineptness. Well, they had a punt return for a touchdown against Utah. They have now had in this game, they had two kickoffs returned for touchdowns and a missed field goal. So I could kind of see why he was a little burned. Yeah. But you know what I would do? You know who I would look at? Your freaking defensive coach. You gave up 60 freaking points. Yeah. Right? Well, two of the you said two of them were special teams, Still, though, right? Still, though. Okay. You gave 14. up 46 points. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyways. And how's, how's Cal's offense? Cal's offense is doing pretty well. Okay. What's weird is if you would have told me at the beginning of the season – that these two teams at week six will be playing for the lead in the Pac-12 North, I would have called you crazy. I figured Cal was, you know, doomed to circle yeah, drain. I mean, that's that's kind of been the, the whole that, thing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I also thought Washington State wasn't going to be very good. And I still know how good Washington State is, but they can score some points. So now who's Cal's two wins in the in the uh, North for? 
they beat Washington State and they beat Colorado in overtime last week. Okay. And they beat Washington State. Okay. And they are a Hail Mary pass away from beating Arizona. <laughs> they're, they're a Hail Mary pass away from, from being 3-0. Because Arizona oh, okay. threw that Hail Mary to win that's the game right, on the final right. play of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Well, every, it, it sounds like every team in the Pac-12 can can claim that one, except maybe the Beavs. Yeah. All right, Beach. So, uh, Kyle got that one, and we didn't. And thank God there was one more game this week, or I would have gone over. <laughs> you would have gone one for, and Kyle would have gone two for. I still picked the best game, though. All right, you did pick a good one on the Arizona one. All right, Beach. So the last game of the sea of the week: Oregon State at Colorado. We and all I'm, took the beeves. I was going to say I'm pretty sure it took the beeves on this one, Billy. Yeah, if Kyle ever doesn't take the beeves, we're going to punch him in the nuts. <laughs> it's pretty easy. All right, Beach. So uh, Teron Ward ran for 102 yards and two touchdowns, including a 10-yard score with 5:09 remaining. And Oregon State's defense turned away Colorado's last gasp drive as the beeves hung on to beat the Buffaloes 36 to 31. Now, Sean Mannion, bouncing back from a rough outing in last week's loss at Southern Cal, completed 27 to 37 for 278 yards, and his lone touchdown pass came in the fourth quarter. It's so, a W. It's a W. And you know, Beach, just just looking at this. Well, here, let's talk about the polls first. So, well, okay, first of all, so I was one for six. You were two for six, and Kyle was three for six. So right now, the- that was a rough week. Anyway, you look yeah. at it. So the final stand or the standings after after Kyle in the lead with thirty three, I'm in second at thirty two, and you're in third at thirty. Okay. So Kyle and I switch spots, and you're still three back of the leader. If you're not first, you're last. So Beach, uh, the polls came out yesterday, and this is what it looks like right now. The AP poll has Arizona going from not ranked to tenth. Wow. Yeah. Oregon at number 12. UCLA. I'd just like to say to all of our Oregon fans that are listening, you're still a number two in my book. Nice. UCLA is at 18. Arizona State at 20. Utah at 24. And Stanford at 25. That's wow. one, two, three, six teams ranked. That whole list just got like flipped around. With USC and Cal also getting votes in the in the top 25 poll. Cal's getting votes. You would have told me that six weeks ago. I would have said you're an idiot. And Oregon State's just out. Well, just for right now. And in the USA Today poll, Oregon's at number 11. Mm-hmm. Arizona's at 13. UCLA at 17. Arizona State at 20. Stanford at 24. And then Utah, USC, Washington, Cal, all receiving votes. Hmm. Yeah. So, Beach, I, I would just, a couple quick things on this week. So, first of all, Beach. We had – there were six games total, but only five conference games because Stanford played at Notre Dame. Okay. So five conference games, every game won by the road team. Arizona was on the road. Arizona State was on the road. Cal was on the Cal road. Cal was on the road. Utah was on the road, and the Beavs were on the road. I don't think I've ever seen that. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's just crazy. Especially like teams, especially like teams like Oregon. Yeah, at home. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, well, I texted you. I think when the game was going on that I can't wait to see the red uh, pole go up in Odson. Mm-hmm. 
and I, and I think if you've listened to our podcast, some of you know if you haven't listened to them, one thing that Oregon does, which is a kind of cool thing, was on the backside of the stadium after they renovated it last year, they added poles dedicated to each one of the home games ever played at Autzen Stadium. Mm-hmm. And the poles are colored for the team that won the game. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, the last, what, three, four years? Yeah, lots of yellow. Lots points. of yellow. Yeah. Lots of yellow. And uh, so going to be a little odd to see a uh, colored not non-yellow pole go up in Autzen. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it has to happen sooner or later. Yeah. It's just kind of cool. I mean, I, but it's crazy. I've never seen five road teams win in a week. Yeah. And, and Beach, I guess more to the point on this. Well, they were all the games were so freaking close. Well, the, too. The, the, I think there was one game decided by seven points. Unreal. Everything else was was I mean, what the uh, Oregon State game was five points. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington State game was a point. Mm-hmm. UCLA was two. Arizona State was four, and the Duck game was seven. That was the that was the biggest margin of victory. Yeah, and even then, most of those games were decided in the final two minutes. Yeah, totally. And to me, so Beach going into the season, I really thought Cal was going to be crappy, just a crappy mm-hmm. football team. I thought Colorado would be slightly better than crappy. I put Washington State on the bottom of kind of the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple teams I would probably put towards the top. Oregon, Oregon State, probably Arizona State is what I would have put up there before the season started. Mm-hmm. Right now, there are no crappy teams in the pack. There's there's no easy wins. No. Nobody is crappy. I also don't think that there's anybody is great. There's nobody that's rolling. <clears throat> you know, a yeah. decade ago it was USC, where mm-hmm. they were going out every week and just rolling over people. Last couple of years it's been Oregon. Oregon. Oregon was going out and rolling over people. Mm-hmm. There's nobody right now that's rolling over people. No, every game is a battle. It's crazy. I've never seen the Pac-12 this even. So mm-hmm. right now, Beej, every team in the Pac-12 in the North has at least one loss. Right? Everybody's got a mm-hmm. loss. Um, everyone's mm-hmm. also got a win except for Washington. They've only played one Pac-12 game. In the South, everyone's got a loss except for Arizona, who's 2-0. and And I really doubt that'll last, Yeah, quite frankly. But anyways, it's just crazy. I've never seen things as close. And uh, crack, uh, quite frankly, all around the nation. I mean, you had upsets. They had how many upsets? At the top? I, heard, I, heard, I heard that six of the top – was it six of the top ten Correct. teams lost? Yeah, and there was even more than that in the top 25. Wow. I mean, it was crazy. And teams losing to unranked teams, like Oregon losing to Arizona. Mm-hmm. It was just it was nuts. I really don't see any team that's the only team to me that I see really kicking the crap out of people right now is Auburn. Florida State's had some kind of close calls. You know, Auburn's been kicking the crud out of people, but other than that, man, I don't I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. I'm really excited. So All right, Beach. So, so uh crummy week of of picks by us, but a great week to watch football on TV. True that true that. Great games. All right, Beach. So coming up next is our Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week award. Now, every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, I you do the updates from Eugene. I get to do the Jackass of the Week awards. I have come up with three. Jackass of the Week awards. Now, now, you, you, you and I briefly communicated after the Jackass moments happened that we thought that two of them yeah. 
deserve to be a jackass. I'm a little I'm a little intrigued about the third. Okay, well we'll just we'll start here with the first one. It was the first one that happened last week. Actually happened on Thursday. That would have been the Oregon game if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. That would be correctly, Beach. Now um, I've got a little sound effect here. I'm going to play. All right. What's happening, hot stuff? So uh, we're going to talk about him. So it was Tony Washington Jr. of Oregon. What's happening, hot stuff? That's right. That was the donger sound effect. That was long from uh, from from sixteen candles. Is that correct? That's right. Long duck dong. Oh. What's happening, hot stuff? And why would we use the dong sound effect, Billy? Because when we talk about Oregon's Tony Washington Jr. What's happening, hot stuff? I'll never get tired of that sound effect. <laughs> I love it. It's just awesome. When we talk about him, Beach, he had a great uh-huh. play and a truly jackass play all in the same, all within the of manager, manner of a couple minutes. So... Uh, Arizona was driving towards the end of the game, and Tony Washington Jr. What's happening, hot stuff? Sacked Arizona quarterback Anu Solomon with 4.26 to play in the fourth quarter of Thursday night's game. He sacked him substantially, too. Yeah, yeah he sacked him on uh, on third down. Like 17 yards back or something. Yeah, and so th- they were up, uh, it was on the 17-yard line. Right? Okay. Um and it looked like Arizona State or Arizona was going to have to attempt a field goal. Um, the game was all tied up at that point. Now, after the play ended, Washington. What's happening, hot stuff? And a teammate ran about 20 yards away from where the action occurred towards midfield. And you could tell that his teammate was kind of goading him on a little bit. And uh, he got you know, out to, he wasn't midfield, but probably about the 40, 45 yard line. And he stopped. And did a karate bow. What's happening, hot stuff? Now, he was doing something that was kind of like Justin Tuck of the New York Giants. So it's a it's a move that happens in Sunday's football, NFL games. Okay. Justin Tuck will do that kind of motion. Mm-hmm. Now, when he did this, he was flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. And that fourth down at the 17 became a first down at the 10 for Arizona. And they subsequently would go on to score on the ground and go up by go up by a touchdown. And, and that's really out of character for Oregon because they are so regimented in their game. Yeah, not really. Do Do you see more unsportsmanlike con- conduct from them? Well, no, not really. I, I just always see them very, you know. I guess I look at this kind of stuff like they hand the ball to the ref. Yeah, usually. They, okay, I I will agree with you there. I will agree yeah. with you that. Um. This thing was just stupid, and it was funny because I heard people say, well, why why did they have to flag that? You know, it really didn't matter. He wasn't taunting anybody. True, he wasn't in anybody's face, right? But if you run 20 yards away from the play out towards midfield and do something like that, they're going to flag you every time. A similar flag happened against uh, Oregon State last week at USC when Murphy ran the kickoff back for the touchdown. And he ran through the end zone and around towards the back and was celebrating back there with his teammates. They flagged him for carrying the celebration on too far behind the end zone. Same thing. You, you, mm-hmm. you didn't celebrate right there, right where it happened, right? If you'd have yeah. jumped up and done something, the refs probably wouldn't have done anything, as long as you're not in somebody's face. But when you run that far away and do it, you're trying to draw attention to yourself. And the refs are going to flag that every time. Mm-hmm. So it was just stupid. 
And funny. technically, did it cost them the game? Well, no, because they had chances after that. But you didn't put yourself in a very good chance to win the game. Exactly. It made things a hell of a lot harder on yourself. Yeah, if, if they would have uh, only needed a field goal to tie the game up and they were at home, mm-hmm. they might have made some different play changes just to get it into field goal range as opposed to go for the touchdown. So for that self- selfish act, Tony Washington Jr. What's happening, hot stuff? You get this week's... Jackass of the Week words. We get one of them. We got another one to go here. But but, but there's some... Wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. That's right, Beach. So the next Jackass of the Week award happened on Saturday. Was this at the Oregon State-Colorado game, Billy? This would be at the Oregon State-Colorado game. This one's going to go out to Coach McIntyre, the head coach of Colorado. The head coach? Yes. Now, with Colorado having the ball... On a third and six late in the game, Colorado quarterback Sefu Lafau threw a pass to the sideline to wide receiver Nelson Spruce. Now, Oregon State cornerback Steven Nelson reached around Spruce to knock the ball away. Now, McIntyre got livid at the play, demanding a personal, a personal, uh, excuse me, a pass interference be called. He thought that. Nelson had gotten into Spruce too much, and there should have been a, a pass interference call. None yeah, was his thrown. opinion. None was thrown. Mm-hmm. Now he went completely bonkers, screaming and carrying on for way past the play. Just kept going on and on and on and on and on about it. Now they still had a fourth down. Now could the refs have given a technical for that? You mean a, a, a or, an unsportsmanlike? Yeah, they could yeah, have, but they didn't. A lot of times they'll let some of the coaches go, but they didn't. They still had a fourth down play to run. They didn't get the first down. Oregon State got the ball back, ended up running the clock out, winning the game. Now mm-hmm. after the game, McIntyre started chasing the refs off the field, yelling at them the entire way, where the referees actually picked up speed to get away from him. Now I have not heard today. If McIntyre has been fined by the league, but I wouldn't doubt that it's forthcoming. Well, and also I heard Riley actually had to chase McIntyre down to shake hands with him. Oh Was yes, that, oh yes. Now even he, he just totally bypassed the courtesy oh, he, handshake he went, of the other he went coach. Right after the refs, he was gone after the refs, just screaming. Now even in the post-game interviews that happened about 45 minutes after the conclusion of the game, his he was still red-faced. Really? Now in in those interviews, they asked him about that, and he said, "I'm not going to comment on fishing. I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to comment on officiating." Kept repeating that phrase. Yeah, but, his actions but, though speak loudly. But here, here's my thing. They didn't throw the flag. Okay, they did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a right to be pissed? Yeah, possibly. I watched the play. You could have thrown the flag on that. I also say in the first half, towards the end of the first quarter. Uh, Sean Mannion threw a pass to Richard Mullaney in the end zone that, to me, it looked like Mullaney was pass interference. Guy was into him, got his hand on his face. They didn't call They didn't call a penalty. It's one of those things where, to me, it's kind of like a strike zone in baseball. I don't care what the strike zone is. Just set it and be consistent. Be consistent. Yeah, be consistent. I see both those calls really kind of being equal. Um, if anything, I thought the Mullaney non-call was probably more wor- was probably worse because he mm-hmm. kind of pinned his arm in where he couldn't get his arm out. Whereas mm-hmm. Nelson, he reached around, but he wasn't holding his arms in. 
gotcha. the spruce could still get his arms out there. Anyways. Well, and ultimately, that, that other non-call cost a touchdown. Yeah, truly. Um, they ended up getting a field goal out of it, but it cost him four points. Mm-hmm. Now, my thing, too, is you got a right to be pissed. Yell at him. Express your disappointment. But you still have another another down. Yeah, you got you've, a game to play. You've, you've take, and the way he acted, Beach, he took himself out of that fourth down. He took his team out of that fourth down. They basically conceded that fourth down, in my mind, because he was acting like a jackass. Mm-hmm. I look, he, acted as if he, he acted as if that play caused them to lose the game right then yeah. and there. And I look back to last week, I heard a couple interviews with Coach Riley about some of the questionable blocking techniques USC used against the Beavs. Mm-hmm. Um, Beavs did lose two defensive linemen. They had several more go down with, you know, getting nicked up during the game. But they've lost one probably for the season and another one for four to six weeks. Wow. You go back and watch that game, Beach. there's some questionable blocking techniques on USC. There's some questionable non-calls in that game that look pretty obvious when you watch it. Mm-hmm. That one of the ref that the umpire should have called. Because it's pretty obvious that it's... Were they blocking below? Or well, what were when, they doing? when a lineman is engaged with one guy, mm-hmm. another guy can't come in from the side and cut him because that's when guys lose knees. Yeah. And it happened on several occasions. Wow. And it looked, in my mind, it looks kind of deliberate. It wasn't just accidental. I got blocked into him or I... I... To me, it looked deliberate. Like they were, they were going in there knowing what they were doing. Now... I don't see how somebody could play that dirty well, now, when you know it, it, it could happen to yourself. Exactly. But the point being is... I heard a couple interviewers try to get Riley to comment on it. Mm-hmm. And he would just say, you know what? The rules are what the rules are. We need to make sure they're interpreted interpreted correctly and move on. But we we play Colorado this week. That game's last week. Not going to worry about it. It's in the past. McIntyre, that play was in the past. You need to move on. You know? Yeah. You, you, you cost your, you cost, to me, you cost your team a, a shot at fourth down. So for that, Coach McIntyre, you get another one of this week's. Jackass of the Week Awards. All right, Beach. Okay. Now, who's the third, Bill? You the, got me intrigued because I don't know who the third is. The third is actual a, a pair award. It goes to two people. Okay. Now, normally we give these to football players or someone involved with football, but this one's just going to another college athlete or a pair of athletes. Okay. We might also kind of hand one out to their coach. Really? And maybe just the whole athletic department in general. Has this athletic department gotten a Jackass of the Week award before? Yes. Okay. And I believe the coach has. Really? And we'll we'll just get into it here. So, Beach, this one is really going out to the University of Oregon's men's basketball players, Jaleel Abdul-Bassett. And Elgin Cook. Now, it just got reported, Beach, just this weekend, that Mm -hmm. last month, Abdul Bassett and Cook were cited for shoplifting. Well, you know, sometimes it takes a little while for the news to get processed. You know, they've got other things to report on. ISIS and... At the the Market of Choice store, which is right across the street from Matthew Knight Arena. Hmm. Now, Abdul Bassett and Cook were caught with stolen goods at the Market Choice on Franklin on September 12th. Okay. 
Now, they were both cited in lieu of custody for theft in the third degree, which is a Class C misdemeanor where the stolen property is less than $100, and given a date to appear in court. What did they steal? Uh, just groceries. Now, in a statement released to the Oregonian last weekend, Oregon head coach Dana Altman said he was aware of the incident the day it happened, and the two players were disciplined immediately. Okay. So he was notified the day of, but supposedly wasn't made public for a month later. Supposedly. Okay. Now, he said, quote, We are disappointed with these two young men. We expect our student-athletes to conduct themselves as solid members of this community and team. Both were being disciplined internally. Are they on double super secret probation? That's what it sounds like. You know, Because I, that seems to be a practice that the University of Oregon uses a lot for we, their, their players. I don't understand what the hell. You know, Altman's already under fire for the BS handling of the sexual assault allegations that came out mm-hmm. where they let guys. Yeah, we, we kind of have our opinion on that, but still. Well, but still where they, where they said happened. they let guys play because the, because the law enforcement said, don't let them know what's going on. Whereas law enforcement came out and said, we never said anything of the sort. Yeah. And then they pulled all this, well, you know, we, we did this, we did that. What the hell are you thinking? It's going to come out. Yeah. Someone's going to see it. Yeah, no. If nothing well, else. It, it's like the Willie Lyles thing. Deny, deny, deny until you get caught. And then when you get caught, come clean. If nothing, well, my, I guess. It, it totally is. It's the standard operating procedure down. Yeah. Deny, deny, deny. Oh, we're coming clean. But, but you know, with, with what happened down there, you don't even have to say what they did. Right? You just say that they're, you're suspicious. What are you How doing tough? to these two? I guess nothing because they only stole a hundred bucks worth of stuff. Yeah, they didn't go out and potentially sexually assault somebody. Was it, or... was it, cra- was it crab legs? Yeah, no, that's Jameis Winston down there in Florida. Okay, <laughs> just checking. But, maybe, but, maybe. It's but a really, thing. this is how you handle it. You haven't learned a damn thing. And the players, what the hell? What are you doing stealing a hundred well, bucks worth of food? My thing is, after what happened three months ago, what the hell are you thinking? They seriously only have a couple of. Scholarship players left, and these are two of them. And this is how you're going to act? This is what you're going to do? And then I saw an article in the paper where it said, Oregon only likes to recruit character athletes. What the hell kind of character? Yeah, they've got some character on there. I don't think it's the character that I really agree with. You know, Billy, uh, not to change the subject here, because I know we have to finish up and give these guys the Jackass of the Week award, but um, going back to character, I will say that Mariota did something, I guess. Kanzano was giving him a bunch of uh, kudos for, for signing autographs to some young kids on the yeah. uh, at Otson down on the field. Yeah. But after, go ahead and let's after, finish this after one After the up. loss. And I, on a side note, I do like Mariota. I, I think Mariota. he seems like a guy of good character. I, I do, and that's part of the reason why I don't like him, because mm-hmm. he went to that cheater and whore institution. Yeah. And it just pisses me off because he seems like a hell of a nice kid. Yeah. He seems like yeah. a good, upstanding person. His parents are always in the stands watching him. I, and, and he's got a lot of talent. He does. He does. And he does seem like a good person. And I don't want to throw all athletes in there. But mm-hmm. I also think that they'll go after people with issues that are just good athletes. Yeah. Anyways. Fill the gaps they need to fill no matter what the character is. Yep. So anyways, Beach, so I think we're going to give this last Jackass of the Week award. We're going to give it out to Jaleel Abdul-Bassett, Algen Cook, head coach Dana Altman, and the entire University of Oregon Athletic Department. You get the third and final. 
jackass of the week awards this week. You, you Just know kill what we should. Beans. I don't understand how they can let that happen. I, you know what we should do? We should take up a donation at the next Heinrich Tailgater mm-hmm. to buy two $100 gift cards to Market of Choice and mail them down to them. Oh, that would be hilarious. Wouldn't it, though? Yeah, I wouldn't want to give those bastards a nickel, but that would be... Nah, that's a sad thing. You know, you hate to reward uh, thievery, but mm. sometimes the the, uh, the irony is a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, Beach. So it is time in the show for our musical interlude. This year mm-hmm. we are highlighting the albums of the rock group ACDC. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week we were at Back in Black, the first mm-hmm. album of the Brian Johnson era. Uh-huh. So this week... Is the second album of the Brian Johnson era, which is uh, for those about to rock. Correct, correct, correct. Actually, a great, great song by them. Yeah, by and the so way. we decided. I mean, the albums, the albums. Okay, there's a couple of songs on there, but you know, one thing about ACDC, they were putting out a lot of albums back then. They were. Yeah, so back in those days, you know, you get a few winners, you get a few losers, yeah. but you're satisfying the fans. Exactly. Not anymore, where they put out an album about every six years. Yeah. But anyways, so Beach, for those about to rock, and we were going to play the title track off the album, For Those mm-hmm. About to Rock, which ACDC plays at the conclusion of every concert. Mm-hmm. With big cannons that blow up. Yeah, they bring cannons that come out, and, and, and when the cannons go off in the song, they're shooting the cannons on stage. Mm-hmm. So right here, Beach, is For Those About to Rock.
right, Beach. Love that song. That's awesome. Great. Great, great song. All right. So uh, next up, Beach, we're going to preview week seven in the Pac-12. Okay, I can't believe okay. it's week seven already. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Barely any team's got wins. I know. <laughs> I know. So let me get my paper ready here so I can record all these down. I've got okay. Kyle's stuff here. So okay. uh, before we get started, Beach, Kyle said, I'll take three for six every week if the Beavs win and the Ducks lose. I will too. And, and hold I, on. Before I finish that thought, in his email, Kyle has done it correctly. Beavs capitalized ducks not because they don't deserve the capitalization you, you know i've i've tell people i've told people this for the last few years that a perfect week for beach is a beaver's win and a duck's loss yep. and i have not had a perfect week in years in quite a while yeah I mean, I think you see me text you during the games if we're not watching it together. Why can't these sons of bitches just lose? No. No. And it happened. It was glorious. Now, Kyle also said. It was glorious. Kyle also said, and what do you think of Arizona's seven-point win over the Ducks as the largest margin in the Pac-12 games? We talked about that. That's <laughs> yeah, just crazy. That's I wish Kyle was here with us. That's just crazy. Yeah, maybe not. I <laughs> <laughs> hate you, Kyle. All right, Beach. So the first game, they have, there's a game on Friday. It is Washington State at Number 25, Stanford. Who you got? No question about it, Stanford. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Kyle says, the boys from Pullman are excited when they hear they're going to a farm. Very disappointed with the lack of farmer's daughters and or sheep. I was going to mm-hmm. say, there's got to be sheep involved. Still beat a Stanford team that can't score. Cougs win. <sighs> Beach, yeah, I'm going with Stanford. Okay, I, I Wazoo has not played a team with a decent defense yet. Stanford's mm-hmm. defense is incredible. We'll see how good that that. And if they're going to do an aerial attack, maybe we're going to see a lot of interceptions. We'll wait and see because Halliday has been pretty damn good so far, and I he really hasn't run into a team with a good defense. Yeah, so I'm taking Stanford. Do that many passes, only only three things come out of a pass, and two of them are bad. Yep. All, all right, Beach. Next up, all there's only four games this week in the pack. Mm, um, okay. So next up, Beach, Saturday the 11th, we have number 12 Oregon at number 18 UCLA. Now this game looked a hell of a lot better two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Not as good now. It looked like it was going to be a showdown of top 10 teams. Not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Who you got? UCLA. Really? Yes. They are not going to lose two at the Rose Bowl in a row. You don't think? Nope. Okay. Kyle says Ducks at FUCLA. I think there's an upset Bruin. B-R-U-I-N. Bruin. Get it? Or do I mean an upset Bruin? Mean B-R-U-I-N. Either way, Ducks loose. He didn't say lose. He said loose. So he's taking UCLA. Beach. Really? I also too am taking UCLA. Really? I think they're going to get to I think they're going to get to Mariota a lot. I I'm not that convinced with UCLA's offense. They've got some athletes, uh-huh. but I I'm not convinced about Hunley. He holds the ball too long. I he can make a great play and turn around and just make but he got sacked 3 plays in a row last week. Wow. 3 plays in a row? Now there there, yeah. there was some pressure but 
dude, you've got wheels. Move. Yeah. Right? Throw it away. I've never, seen, I've never seen Mannion take three sacks in a row. Yeah. I don't understand that. That being said, I think that defense can be can play well. They've got some good defensive uh, linebackers. I think they're going to put the pressure on Mariota. I think Oregon's going to be on a downhill spiral. I, I think Ducks are in trouble. So, mm-hmm. wow, we're all taking UCLA on that one. That's crazy. Okay, Beach, two more games left. Next up, okay. Washington at Cal. I think Washington's going to obliterate Cal. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm writing these down as we're going along here. So Kyle says, Washington still gets all confused with on-the-road games. Cal wins. Bay Area crawling with apple maggots. That is people from Washington. So Kyle is taking Cal. I I don't have enough. I'm I'm not convinced enough with UW. I'm taking Cal. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I, I th- th- they haven't shown me anything. Everything's been suspect. They've only lost one game to Stanford, but I have not been impressed with the damn thing they've done all season. I'm taking Cal. Okay. Okay. Okay, last up, bees, Beej, USC at newly top 25, number 10, <laughs> Arizona. I'm taking uh, USC. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, Kyle says, USC offense sputters, Arizona wins. So Kyle's taking Zona. <sighs> Now, see, this week I'm taking all home home teams. Because mm-hmm. last week all road teams won. I'm going to take Arizona. I think Zona's going to beat them. Okay. I think USC's got issues. We all have issues. And I, I think Zona can, can move the ball. I think that's where it'll be decided. Well, we'll see it here next week when we have this conversation. That again. is true. That is true. Now, Kyle finishes up with saying... The best part of this bye week is the Utes play the Beavers. So I get a week and a half off of Utah Sports Radio actually talking, or I get a week and a half of Utah Sports Radio actually talking about the Beavers. So because the Beavers play Utah next Thursday. Okay. So they'll be talking about the Beavers on the radio, sports radio shows there in Utah. Okay, cool. So Kyle also said, P.S. Mulaney was two for eight. So Mulaney only caught two of the eight passes thrown away. That being said, one I thought was pass interference. Just on this too, I was talking with somebody else about this today. Mulaney is not a deep threat. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy I expect to go out and beat somebody deep. I wish they'd quit trying to use him like that. Mm-hmm. I, do, I, I, I would take Mulaney any day on a jump ball. I'll take mm-hmm. him any day on an out route or a, or you know, running his route perfectly. Yeah. But don't keep trying to send him deep. I just that's that's not his. That's not where he's he's. Most that's not his strength. I don't think so. But anyways, there we go, Beach. Cool. So we'll have to see how this works out. All right, Beach, and uh, we have no Beaver game or tailgater to speak of this week. Okay. So, I think we're gonna finish off the show with a little Beach segment, the Rosie Ruiz. Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. Yes. Cheaters and Horrors. Mm-hmm. Whores. Mm-hmm. And that, that song okay. right there, Beach, that I chose for the uh, 
your intro of that. Yeah. That's uh, The Who with the song Athena. And the and the chorus there goes, she's a girl. She's a whore. <laughs> she's a girl. She's a whore. Love that song. Check it out if you like. It's got a really good lyric in that song about um, – uh, he's got a snake the size of a sewer pipe living in his rib cage. Love that. Weird. Oh, I love that line. It's a great line. Anyways, I, I, I saw a little cartoon today on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It had this guy standing in line for a hot dog, uh-huh. and he had this this snake wrapped around his his uh, stomach. Uh-huh. You know, and he says, "Could I buy a hot dog for my snake?" Uh-huh. And the guy selling the hot dog says, uh, sure, I don't see a problem with that. But we don't have any hot dog buns. Is that okay? And he says, my anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hon. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, sorry. That was my little little joke for the day. All righty. So are we on my Cheaters and Whores segment? You ready? Yes, Beach. Cheaters and Whores. This is, this is about Boris Onyshenko. Okay. Okay, have you ever heard of Boris Onyshenko? I don't believe so. Okay. Well, he was born September 19th, 1937, and is a former Ukrainian-Soviet modern pentathlete who competed in the 1968 Summer Olympics, the 72 Summer Olympics, and the 76 Summer Olympics. Okay, so very talented athlete here. He was a member of the Soviet Union's modern pentathlon team in the 1976 Summer Olympics, and he's infamous for being disqualified for cheating. Okay. He's a cheater and a whore. So in the 1976 modern pentathlon, and uh, well, I'll get in here. Having already earned his country an Olympic medal earlier in Mexico City and Munich, Onyshenko entered the event as a three-time world champion and a sportsman respected by his fellow Olympians. After the first event of the pentathlon, the Soviet team found itself in fourth place, trailing closely behind Britain. Fencing was the next event, a one-touch epee tournament. Okay? Onyshenko was considered the finest fencer among his competitors and was favored to win the matches. During Onyshenko's bout with British team captain Jim Fox, the British team protested that Onyshenko's weapon had gone off without actually hitting anything. The director confiscated the Soviet's weapon and brought it to the bout committee, where an illegal modification to the grip was discovered. The bout was allowed to continue, and despite using an uh, and despite using an unmodified sword, Boris still won by a large margin. Hmm. So he was disqualified from the competition afterwards, and the Soviet Union were forced to withdraw the team event as a result. The British team uh, that exposed Onyshenko went on to win the gold medal. So in electric epee fencing, a touch is registered on the scoring box when the tip of the weapon is depressed with a force of 750 grams. In other words, when you you touch it, it it registers the strike. Yeah. Because you're talking, you're getting really, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's tough to witness. Mm -hmm. Okay. So fast. So when you when you touch it with that force, it completes the circuit uh, formed by the weapon. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, by the weapon, the body cord, uh, and box. It was found that his epee had been modified to include a switch that allowed him to close the circuit without actually depressing the tip of the weapon. Wow. So Anderson could register a touch without making any contact on his opponent. 
Newspapers dis- dis- decried him as dishonest and Boris the cheat. Onyshenko earned the uh, en- the enmity of the other Soviet Olympic team members. For example, the USSR volleyball team members threatened to throw him out of the hotel's window if they met him. He was removed from the athlete's village by Soviet officials. I mean, this is communist era stuff here, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you you just go out into a field and you don't come back. Yeah. So. Um, they moved him from the village the night of his disqualification and the next day reported to be back in his hometown of Kiev. Two months later, it was reported he had been called before Soviet leader uh, Leonid Brezhnev for per- for a personal scolding. Dismissed from the Red Army, fined 5,000 rubles, stripped of all of his sporting honors, and was working as a taxi cab driver in Kiev. Wow. He was a cheater and a whore. I mean, I can't believe – I mean, especially when the fact the guy was so good. Yeah. You know, he didn't need a cheat. And I guess that's that's one thing that always bugs me about a lot of these cheaters is um, is the fact that they're talented on their own. Why did you cheat? Yeah. You know, it goes back to the, the, the scandals in baseball of, of everybody juicing. You yeah. know, you had the talent. Why did you cheat? pretty good. Why are you doing that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Boris the Cheat Onyshenko. Nice. Dishonashenko. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Good one, Beach. That's a good one. Well, you know, again, I'm not a big fan of the, the commies, so, you know, well, if I can discredit them, I, I do it any chance I get. Well, way to, uh, way to, uh, to, to enlighten us and, yeah. and yeah. get us all, uh, get us all knowing more stuff. Yeah. And knowed us. Mm-hmm. Now we knowed. <laughs> all right, Beach. <laughs> well, with that, Beach, this brings, uh, an end to show number 50 of Illegal Participation. I want to thank everyone for listening. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. Voicemail, 541-207-3586. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter. Or also HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Now, uh, Beach, thanks for being here. This has been a good one. I thought I, I thought I brought it for the 50th. Yeah, you did. You really did. So next week, Beach, show number 51. We'll be closer to 100 than one. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. But uh, so next week we will talk about the early tailgater because we're going to have a tailgater on Thursday for the Utah game. And we'll see how things are starting to shake out in the Pac-12. It's going to be an interesting Pac-12 race down the uh, down the, down the, I, uh, I think it's going to be a darn interesting race for the Pac-12 Pac championship. Exactly. And I'm excited. as we get a little farther down, we'll kind of start looking at the whole playoff situation where someone was asking me today, but there's just too much right now. Not enough mm-hmm. teams have played each other to really get a feel for things. You know, you've got Arizona jumping from not ranked to 10th. Mm-hmm. That's just nuts. So, Anyway, Enjoy. Beach, thanks for being here, and uh, we'll just finish it off with a great big Go Beavs.
Uh, okay, there it goes. And we are recording. Okay, good. I don't know why that all of a sudden just shut down like that. Yeah. We've got a really good connection right now, too. It's awesome. I love good connections. Look at you. You're right there. It's like I can see you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think you look like Richard Mall. Mm-hmm. Is he still alive? Yeah, he is. I saw him in a really bad movie. Wasn't he in Sharknado 2? Oh, I never saw Sharknado. I didn't. I've seen bits and pieces of it. He was in some really crappy movie. Yeah. That I saw, like on Siffy. Not as bad as Tusk. Is it bad? I know it was interesting. Really? Wasn't it about it's, podcasters? Yes. That's how you kind of brought I thought of about us. Yeah, I might have to go watch it now. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. You got your part ready? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to jump on my screens because I don't have – I've only got one written down on hard. So I've got an update from Eugene and I've got a, a Cheaters and Horrors if you want to do it. Okay, we can do a Cheaters and Horrors. We'll kind of see how uh, long the show goes. Okay, my update from Eugene, I'm going to try to pull it off. It's going to be a little difficult for me. Try not to laugh. Okay. And uh, and it might have to be cut and pasted because I don't know if I can keep it straight face through the whole thing, okay? Okay, sometimes not being able to make it is half the fun. Okay. So, all right. So we'll, we'll do your cheaters and horrors because there's not a lot of games to talk about. I've got Kyle's stuff here. We I had a bad week. I had massive bad week. Did you? Oh, yeah. What happened? Oh, you got your butt kicked? Yeah. You had a horrible week, too. Did How'd Kyle do? He moved back into the lead by one. Hmm. Did I do better than you? Uh, I yeah, barely. I, I didn't watch all the games, but it looked like there were a ton of upsets. I it mean, the Cougs cooged it. It was a mess. Uh, USC lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just sounds like the Pac-12 beat the hell up out of beat the hell out of itself. Okay. All right. I've got no wrestling thing to talk about this week either. Okay. There's nothing's happening with wrestling. So. Okay, you ready? Yep. 